0: Welcome to another episode of Lectures of Fallen Wisdom. Today we're going to talk about the focus shield. Now, being focused is your greatest shield against any kind of disease and any kind of bad energy as well. Disease can come in many forms. It can come in like as an emotional jolt from somebody else's negative energy or it can come in the form of a virus or it can come in the form of just sneaking in bad energy of some sort and it can really insinuate yourself into your and It trips you up. But what is focus? Is it just attending to a particular thing or is it just a state of being There is a certain amount of focus when you are focused on something in particular, but in many ways that is a distracted form of focus because you're not focused really around anything else except that thing. So actually everything else is out of focus. Focus in this sense, in the sense I'm talking about, means you're present in yourself. Now there's different techniques you can take, you can keep, you can do to keep yourself present in the moment, but one of the best is using your face and understanding that your face is an instrument, is a a key instrument of focus. So when you, um, if you can squint in a certain way and create a small line between your eyes, That is the focus state of the eye, okay? And while you're doing that, take your tongue and put it at the roof of your mouth as though you're saying an N sound, N is in Nancy, and keep your tongue there. Keep a crease between your eye and keep your tongue up against the roof of your mouth, the focus state of the face. Anytime you find yourself losing focus, feeling kind of unfocused, do that to your face. Squint, bring your brows together so that there's a line, a, uh, a line right above your nose, a crease. And at the same time, put your tongue up against the roof of your mouth and just kind of hold yourself there and take deep breaths. If that's the focused state, Now, that's what your face does when you really are focused. So you can kind of backwards engineer it by doing that. And the focus state, if you just kind of go back to it constantly, first of all, it will pump bliss into your system because focus is bliss. It's just that we sometimes get so distracted that we don't end up focusing enough to get the bliss. But if you just make yourself your face kind of do that it, it just sort of commands you to be in the moment it commands you to be a present and to focus on where you are and to say to yourself this is now and I am focused now people like whose faces never even get that crease and you can kind of see the different people like whether they have naturally a crease between their eyes or not and those are generally the more focused people but whatever level of focus that you get, there's always moments of unfocusedness. You know, when you're tired and you're a little bit depressed, that's the unfocused mind. And that mind is susceptible to all kinds of things, all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of viruses. And it's not good to leave your mind billowing in the winds of unfocused thought. And I've talked about this before, just aimless thinking. What this, this little brow move does, this thing that you can do with your eyebrows and your tongue, is it sort of just cinches your face together so that you remember that your aimless thinking needs to stop. That is what focus is. Focus is, okay, it comes about when there's a lion after you. Nothing else matters except the moment to get away from the lion. That's focus. But you should be able to have that focus when nothing, when there's no lion, and you should be able to command it of yourself, because chances are, if you're not bringing yourself into that focused state, you are out there exposed. And I, I did one of my first podcasts. I did is the question of exposed. Are you exposed? And exposed means that you're in a negative emotional state, that your mind is wandering in worries and fears and you're just there, you're not feeling very well, so the, uh, just the slightest discomfort or uh, inconvenience will f- fly you into a bloody rage. And that's, most people are kind of on edge in that way, and then they found that their rage, when it's applied to certain situations, gets them a little cookie in the end, just like a little rat. So when you're a rat, and your anger and your ridiculous clownish uh, temper becomes an effective tool of achieving something, that that reinforces your little rat brain to repeat that that disharmoniousness. The problem is, is that yes, you may get certain short-term results through using harnessed disharmo- disharmony. The reverberation that it causes within you will plague you and plague your focus for years to come. It's just not worth it. It's not worth to get angry, ever. And never lose your cool. And never let somebody see you upset. It's very important. Because every once in a while, someone will see you genuinely upset. But because you never show it, then in that single moment, it might attain you some advantage, even though it's still bad for you. But if you want to get the maximum advantage and the least amount of pain from it, you're not going to be able to avoid your anger sometimes. So there's no need to indulge it, and there's no need to be easy with it because it, it, every time you express it it breaks you down to the point where you have to recover. And people are just getting angry all day long. They're never recovering. And that's what sadly is called aging. Now, aging has so many com- components, but one of them really is being unfocused and not realizing that your your presence of mind is the key to everything. It's the key to not aging. It's the key to not losing the thread of your life, it's the key to not losing sight of your goals. The minute you crease your brow and put that tongue up against the roof of your mouth, you can be thinking, okay, what is my mission here? What am I doing? What is my central goal here? What, what is going to make me, give me the most bliss? And how do I go about and get that thing? It's a very simple, simple equation, but there's so many distractions in life. There's so many um, pleasures we get from helping others that we forget that those are like fumes of pleasure. We're essentially living vicariously through others to help them. But when when we go after our own pleasure fundamentally, like what is it going to make you feel good about yourself? That should be your goal. That should be your focus. That's what you're focused on. Now, when people are lazy, they go to helping others as the thing that makes them feel good about themselves. But then, ultimately, they become a slave to other people. And other people are perfectly willing to use them as slaves because, hey, you're doing it for me. I like it. I like you being my slave. They're not going to say no to that. You're working for free. Why would somebody say no to that? So you have a lot of pleasure you can get through helping others. But if you just use that as your pleasure-seeking tool, you're just going to be helping people all day long, and you're never going to get to the real thing that's going to make you have real bliss. Yes, giving bliss to others gives you bliss, but it's a cheap way to get it. The real master uses his focus to get it for himself so that he can actually have more power to give to others, more resources to give to others, more emotional resources, more positivity. Positivity is something you have to grow within your own heart so then you can give it to others. If you're constantly helping people, you're depleting your own positivity for the sake of helping somebody else, and that's going to make you negative, and therefore you're going to be less able to help them in the future. In fact, you're going to get resentful of helping them, and you're going to think, hey, this person isn't appreciated, and like you're going to seek appreciation. and it, it, you, you, you try to seek some kind of Get um, some kind of reward from them, like because you've been helping them as a volunteer, and you think that they should actually give you something in return. Well, that's just not what helping is what about. Helping is supposed to be selfless, and that's that's actually where the pleasure comes from. So the minute you start expecting rewards from it, it's no longer a fun thing. It's more of a transaction, and you feel cheated and all all range of bad emotions that come out of it. You need to carve out, and that's what your focus is. You know you're exposed. If you're if everything you did in the last few days was for other people and nothing for yourself, and the only time that you found time to do something for yourself, you just vegged out on something. You watched some TV, and you just kind of vegged. You didn't really try to do anything that was going to further your own pleasure. In fact, you just sat yourself in a kind of waiting room and waited for the beck and call of somebody else who needed your help. That's how a lot of people are living. It's very good people. Everybody, you know, These people are saints that help people. But it can also become an addiction, and it can also become an end to itself to the point where you completely lose yourself Gurdjieff, a very good writer that everybody should read, though I don't entirely understand a lot of his writing, but one of it is is the idea of non-existence. You can become so uh, other-tuned, so tuned to others and their needs that you lose your actual existence. All you are is their little helper, and they're the person that they call when they need something. And yes, they appreciate you, but... Ultimately, they appreciate you more as a slave than as a person, and that's your doing. That's not their fault. Don't blame them. Don't get angry at them. You've created this monster. You've created this monster by feeding on their pleasure instead of creating your own. And that is the whole essence of helping people, that a lot of people, the bad cycle that they get into. And it becomes very resentful. It becomes very uh, tense sometimes because you are actually frustrated that you have to help this person so much. But you've made them reliant upon you. You're like this drug dealer giving help. And then the, your help becomes their drug. And then you become an angry drug dealer who doesn't want to hear from them anymore. Give up the drug business, man. Stop trying to drug other people. That's their responsibility. You've got to drug yourself. You've got to drug yourself by applying your focus to what's going to make you fleshed out into a human being that you can admire. And if you just see yourself helping others all day long doing nothing but that, And then when you get any free time, just fucking off and doing nothing, waiting for the next person to call for your help. Yes, you're a very good person, but you're not going to be fulfilled. And you're not going to be a very pleasant person to be around. You're going to be lost. Remember, when you're not being creative and focused in a a way that makes you impressed with yourself you're aging faster you're filling with rage and you're resenting others that comes from not being focused that's the exposed state and and by not focusing in on what it is that what how can you improve yourself in a way that you would be impressed with that's that's what your goals are your goals aren't making money your goals are actually self improvement to the point where you're like making real progress and you're seeing the progress and there's no argument about it. And you can take whatever realm you want to take it in, but you must be making some progress in some realm or you will be very angry. You must be developing yourself into a better human, a better version of yourself at every turn. And You should be anxious to take those steps. That's what focus is. Unfocusedness is running away from that responsibility, trying to do anything to distract yourself from that responsibility, coming up with ridiculous nihilistic theories about why that responsibility is futile and ultimately absurd because the the universe is meaningless. All those stupid philosophical bullshit existential You know, Kierkegaard, Dostoevsky, you know, despair, all that is pure, unfocused bullshit. Because unless you, of course, you're going to be in despair if you're not making progress on things that you think would improve you, would make you into a more survivable human, a more canny being in this world, in this physical world that our spirit has only recently started to inhabit. And let's face it, we're not very good at it. In fact, we've been getting worse at it. Years and years, we lived thousands, lots of us lived thousands of years, and we could have done that because there was a small population and there was very little there was a very little impinging upon us. Things started to get tough when we started crowding this planet and our lives became very short and brutish. Remember the immortal self because that's what we started out when we first inhabited this flesh. We were immortals. And then slowly, as we became more of this realm, of this very petty, earthy realm, We started to adopt some of its petty animalistic uh, tendencies, and we started dropping dead just like the animals here. Now, the animals too are infused spirits, but they don't have the benefit of stepping back reflection. Some do, and some are developing it. And if you'll notice, just from the videos alone that you see on YouTube, animals are starting to become more intelligent, they're evolving. At a much faster rate because they have humans to teach them. But they're watching humans and they're adding to their collective intelligence. So the birds that have been around humans for a long time are much smarter than the birds that came before humans. They're just a smarter bird and they have to be because they have to live amongst us and they also are watching us and learning things. And you'll see that. You'll see little examples of that. Animals evolving into a higher being. It's a metaphor for us. You should be involved. Your your job here is to spiritualize this matter. To bring this matter into the God realm instead of it dragging your God self into this matter realm. Most people are, are just allowing their God selves to be absorbed into this matter realm. And once it gets fully ensconced into the matter realm it's very hard to get out and if you die before you actually spiritualize your matter realm, I suspect that's it for you I suspect there's just not much there to retain in another parallel universe the greater you can apply your focus, the greater you can Come up with ways in which to impress yourself, ways in which to make yourself impressed with yourself. Help yourself, self-help. But help yourself become somebody that you're proud of, that you would look up to. What are those characteristics? Ask yourself those and make progress toward those goals. Forget about money. Forget about fame. Just doing something consistently and getting better at it is all you really should care about. And it could be anything. But creative things are you know, they come in so many different ways, so many different forms and you can define whatever it is. In this realm, you can't bullshit yourself because the feeling comes. The feeling comes when you actually get things accomplished. So you write down Your three most important goals in life. That's going to be your three fucking focuses. Like that's going to be, you flip through those. And when you make that face, when you crease your brow and you put your tongue up against the roof of your mouth and you take in deep, deep breaths and you let your mind think about it, you're thinking about three things. The three most important things that you need to do to, to keep the bliss going, and the only way somebody like us who's been grown up in this in this realm of never being satisfied with ourselves hey we, we we we've been inculcated with this sense of grievance with ourselves with this sense of dissatisfaction with ourselves, and that's something i've talked about it, and I've said you know it is bullshit like we shouldn't really uh be living that way it's it's a recipe for disharmony and unhappiness that's true especially in the exposed state but until we can untie that knot completely and i haven't found the solution completely to do it it can be used as a vehicle okay so we have this tendency to be dissatisfied with ourselves we have this tendency that if we're not making progress And not, we we appear stagnant to our own minds, that we're not going to be happy with ourselves. In fact, we're going to be quite depressed. Since that's a quality that's been inculcated into us through our education and through our parents' rearing and through their shaming and through their acting out the exact same emotional uh, dissatisfaction about themselves and then just imposing it upon you. And then, you know, you're going to do that to your kid and it just. It's diffuse in this culture, especially the Western culture, to inculcate a sense of, well, if you're not making progress, then you're, you're worthless. And while that's not true, that mental fiction can be used because it's, it's just like a program in our mind. So how do you counteract that mental fiction? Well, you, you, you have to stay ahead of it with a focus on three areas of your life where you think – You could make the most change in the way that would most impress you. And it just could be like doing something that you think you should be doing and making progress towards actually doing it. And I'm being very vague because I don't want to put any ideas in your head. You know what it is. You know what you should be doing. You know what, if you did do it, would make you feel the greatest. But... Because you fancy yourself this selfless, this selfless, harmonious, saint helper of everyone, you're going to be the last on the list. Anytime someone's calling, you're there to run because guess what? That's your procrastination from your goal. That's your inability to commit because for whatever reason, I think it's an ultimately, it's a, it's a misplaced understanding of where you're supposed to, be, what you're really supposed to be doing here. You're not here to be just some saint that helps people out. You're here to create yourself into a god on this earth. What does that mean to you? What would a god do here that these petty humans wouldn't do? That's how you should be living. That's how. That's what. That's what you should be trying to focus on and be your goal. How do you be a god on earth? Because you are a god. You just haven't realized your powers. You haven't even tapped into the... You don't even know the instruction book. You have no idea the kind of power that you have in this realm. It looks limited, but it's every bit as unlimited as the realm we came from. In fact, it's even more unlimited... Because we're operating two realms now. We're operating a spiritual realm and we're operating a physical realm. So we've expanded the universe by dropping down into here. If we then just become land creatures and completely cut off the spirit after we've come down here, then we would just be cutting again in half our perspective. We're expanding the universe. That's why we came here. The God, everyone's like, where did the gods go? Where are the gods? You know, the gods that used to be talked about in the mythologies, they came down here. They, in, they inhabited human bodies. And that's what's happening now. We are going to inhabit many, many more bodies. And we're going to spread across this physical universe, which essentially is a, an atom. We are inside an atom of a much larger universe and it just goes on and on and there's just so many layers and and sizes like we're inside the body of a being right now we're a molecule inside of a body of a being and that molecule is as big to us as our entire universe we are floating in the middle of nowhere think about that You're floating in the middle of nowhere right now. You're just floating. So, I don't know why that... That always kind of puts things in perspective. Just come back to that. Just come back to the fact that you're God... You were brought here spiritualize this realm and to spiritualize this body to the point of making it no longer obey the laws that are here, to, to actually change the dynamic here in a way that is, looks like a miracle from the perspective of, of just pure matter realm, pure scientific thought down here. Because you have that other element, and you have that other sense that comes from your knowing that you were once a god, a non-physical god, that chose to take your chances down here to see, to roll the dice. Because it's not, it is a risk. Like, being a god doesn't mean omnipotent. Omnipotence is something that we've always stri- we're always going to strive towards as gods, but as it, it would almost be boring if we ever got there, and it might even be completely in, complete insanity because there's no such thing as true true omnipotence. It's a concept not necessarily something that you could arrive at but of course we're always striving and one of the things that you really want to try to cultivate is just to be as positive as you possibly can to as many people as you possibly can and and really never try to lose your your temper with anyone that is the, one of the main, main keys to focus because the minute you lose your temper, there's all this kind of mental backtracking that has to occur in the mind to, to justify it, to explain it, to, to deal with it. And as, as advantageous as it might be in the moment to, sh- to show a little flare of anger, the damage you're doing to yourself and to the other person is like akin to beaming them with high levels of radiation from x-rays. It's an aging factor. It's not good. And you get punished in this realm. In the physical realm, you get punished. The physical realm is very karmic, remember that. It's much more karmic than it was back when we were just living as spirits. Because everything has such harder consequences here pain is a much bigger factor in the physical realm than it ever was in the spiritual realm. Because not only do we have emotional pain, which feels physical, we also have physical pain, which then translates into more emotional pain. So the pain factor here, the risk we took just in terms of just the pain that we have to endure to be spirits in this physical realm It was very brave of all of you to come down here and do this. Don't make it worth nothing. Remember, came down here to make music because you can't make music unless you come into the physical world. So that's an area where, if you do make music, you will be blessed by God, because. By the gods, so there's still gods up up in the the upper echelons that didn't come down, that are still kind of manning the fort and helping us out. And all they ask for us to do is play them a little music. And if you can write some music of your own, they will love you for it. So all you musicians out there who aren't who aren't producing or just waiting for the perfect thing to come along, they'll take anything. They can't make music. They like elevator music up there. They like any fucking music. They love bird songs. They love any kind of sound, really. As long as it's rhythmic and has a little bit of a structure, it's bullshit. those our benefactors, the ones that can really pull strings for us in the upper realms. They just need a little song. That's what all these church services are about. They're singing to their God because God loves music so another way that you can kind of help God out is to play music because he can't either he also just like he can't bang some uh, some drums and make his own music or she make her own music they can't turn on a radio either they're happy when you turn on the radio these gods are really happy about it music is a big factor They also like um, drama, you know, plays, books, because in that sense, you're a physical realm, you're a physical person almost doing what a God does on a very, on a very, on a physical level, You, you know, with your limited ability as a physical being but yet you're creating a whole realm in much the way a god does. So God loves directors, God loves writers. God loves p- painters. Painters are also painting. God's, you know, they they can they can manipulate our world to a certain extent, but they they don't have the they don't have the the wherewithal to do anything like a painting. I mean, they can the sky is their painting. But they're fascinated by visual arts. These are all your benefactors. I mean, what are we talking about? Who are the benefactors? People are pulling strings for me up in the physical, in the non physical realm? Yes, of course. Nietzsche once said, What if God were a woman? God is like a hot chick, and you're a dude, right? What is she going to look down and see? Is she going to look down and watch you jerking off to porn? Is she going to look down and watch you learning how to become an awesome guitar player? Which one is going to get her the hottest for you? I think the answer is pretty clear, rock star. So impress her. Because guess what? That is who got it. You should think of God, the God that you're trying to impress, as like either if you're a man it's a woman it's a very hot woman that you want to you want to want to have sex with you and if you're a gay person you know it's it's a gay it's somebody of the same sex and if you're a woman it's a it's a it's a hot guy that you are have a huge crush on and that you want to impress that's your god not because Not because it's, like, true or anything. I mean, it is true, actually. Because that's how the reality is looking at you. The reality wants to be impressed by you to give you things back. Because you're ultimately in control of that reality by your own vibe, by your own sense of deservedness. If you don't sense that you deserve any kind of praise or any kind of um, favor from the universe... The universe, in a way, because you are the universe and you have power over it, will just answer it. we will just answer your, your sense of not needing it or not expecting it by not giving it. It's all important to just be an impressive... You have to be impressed with yourself in a way that you know the opposite sex would be impressed with you. Or the the same sex, depending on your orientation. But the idea is that you you're looking to impress a mate, somebody that's you're courting, somebody that's. So you have to be your you have to look your best, and you have to and at all times you can't let yourself go, just because you're like shut in indoors. You're still making yourself pretty for your your benefactor, your benefactor is your real husband, wife. They were talking about like a lot of times they would talk about Jesus as being like the the true husband of the woman. And there's a certain sense of truth to that. But it's more sexual than that. It's more, it's more like courtship than it is about spirituality. You're courting the God. So if you're – so you, you should always, like, live as though the woman of your dreams has a pair of binoculars pointed at you at all times, watching what you're doing, seeing you making progress, seeing you becoming more and more impressive to her, making her more and more horny for you. That's – and that's where your focus is coming. That's where your – foot. So, it's like, what's going to impress her? Is it going to impress her that you watched 50 seasons of Mad Men on Netflix? I don't think so. Is it going to impress her that you sit around all day and, like, just surf the web and read articles and just fuck around, watch the news, get angry, tweet, go up on Facebook? Just fuck off all day long, not really making any kind of progress towards, like, the kind of person you'd like to turn into, the kind of person that she would date. Even a girl that likes you today wants you to evolve evolve into something better tomorrow, or else she's not going to like you anymore tomorrow. Women and men, too, don't like stagnant people. And a lot of people, that get into relationships and they become stagnant because, well, they've already gotten the mate of their dreams. But then you're, you're pissing off the, the spiritual mate. She gets very bored. And then she starts not wanting to do favors for you. Like, and then she starts wanting to fuck with you. Becomes very mischievous. So, these are the tenets of focus the crease among the brow, the tongue on the roof of the mouth, the deep breaths, the focus on three main areas of self-improvement and what you're doing. And every moment that you get to yourself should first take steps in that direction before you have any permission to fuck off and just enjoy life a little bit. Because your true enjoyment First comes from a sense of accomplishment that you're moving in the direction of the God on earth. That you're moving in the direction of the man who is going to get the girl of your dreams hotter than hell for you and your body. So that means exercise. That means keeping yourself healthy as as anything. Keeping yourself looking good even when nobody's looking at you and making sure that you're improving in a way that impresses you and you know would impress the man or woman of your dreams. Keep focused, friends, and none of this will ever touch you. None of this negativity, none of this rancor, none of this unhappiness. You will be a blissful person, and you will be able to help anyone very easily, without a moment's effort. That's all I got right now. Goodbye.